Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all out to my uh, Facebook, not Facebook Live, Lord, YouTube Live. I want to thank you all so much for all the help and support and all the comments and everyone who's been uh, uh, with me for these last 12 years. I want to just welcome you all. And for those who's watching live, I want to ask you to do me a big favor, share this broadcast out to as many people as possible. If you're watching this later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or you watch later on YouTube, I want to say thank you all so much for watching and for listening. I pray these uh, resources and tools and videos have been a blessing to you, helping you all. Um, but for those who are new to my channel, my name is Coach Josh, also known as Joshua Ezzy, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life. And so if this channel seems like something that will benefit you, feel free to subscribe, hit the bell so that you can make sure you get all post notifications so you'll be um, part of the live community, so you'll be able to ask questions, all that good stuff. But today is very different than what I've been doing recently. So today is an actual message. So please give me about 45 to 50 minutes um, to uh, to kind of talk on the lines of daddy issues. And then I'll open up some time and some space uh, for questions. But for those who are watching live, uh, feel free um, to let me know where you guys are watching from. I would love to look at the live box. If you know someone that needs this and you know someone that struggles with daddy issues or a father room, uh, feel free to share this broadcast, share this video, share this live and get a lot of people in this room so that we'll be able to heal in this area that I believe a lot of people struggle. Let me go to the uh, chat section and say hey to some good people. Ross Scallops, what's up, Autumn? Hey, how you doing? Ross Scallops, Texas in the building. Dur uh, Miss Randall, Atlanta, Norway in the building. Thank you for watching. My wife from Charlotte in the building. Kimberly Williams, hey, coach, watch from Philly. I really need this, coach. That's what it, God put it on my heart uh, a week or so ago, but it was just time for me to do it today. So I'm glad that you was able to um, uh, receive uh, this, this notification that, you know, we're talking about this, the light TV, Miami, what's going on, Janessa from Toronto. How you doing? How do you act around your dad when you haven't seen him in a, is, you right in the right, um, video autumn. I got a lot of points that will help you, uh, heal and process whether it was a past dad, a uh, father room or a current father room. Zarita for, uh, from New York, Queens. Thank you for watching. Let's get right into the points again, share this broadcast out. Because I really do believe the points that I have today is going to be beneficial to a lot of people. So get your notes. Also, if you scroll up, you'll see tonight's worksheet. I got a worksheet with activities for you all that will kind of help you process your current or uh, uh, daddy issues or potential father wounds that you'll be able to, uh, a lot of good questions. So make sure you go to my website, iamunplugged.com forward slash worksheets, and you will be able to get this worksheet that I have ready for you all today. But let's get right into some points. Uh, first, let me read some scripts that'll be where we're anchor our roots in today. And we'll get into some points and get into a, a brief uh, Q&A. But let's get right into the two scripts that I'm gonna be going over today that will help us all process uh, what it what is considered a, a daddy issues or father wound. And make sure I make this point now. This daddy issues and father wounds point is not just for women, it's for men too. Both men and women struggle in this area. But let's get right into some scriptures where we're gonna anchor our roots in today. Uh, the first scripture is gonna be Psalms 34, 17 through 20, and Psalms 147, 3. The scripture reads, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Psalms 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity for me to pour into uh, uh, your children uh, and my brothers and sisters. 
uh, points that I believe that you've given me to, to edify them, to encourage them, to, to set them on the right path for this divine healing in this area when it comes to daddy issues. I pray, Father, that the words that I speak will bring life, will bring clarity, will bring insight, will bring instruction, but also, but most importantly, will bring healing, um, helping them process from this place. Father, I thank you that I'm the vessel that you have chosen for this hour to be able to help your children. I pray, Lord, that you'll speak through me. And like I always say, if you're not speaking through me, I'm wasting their time. So God, speak through me today. And like I always say, the authority that I have, I come against every demonic spirit and may try to come against this time today. I bind every demonic spirit and may try to grip the individual watching this. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you will give a clear pathway with attentive ears and an open heart uh, for them to hear what thus saith you. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. <clears throat> Let's get to the problem. Many people are drastically affected by the wounds caused by the absence of or their abnormal relationships with their fathers or father figures. Many people are drastically affected by the wounds caused by the absence of or their abnormal relationship with their fathers or father figures. Their father wound hasn't been healed. Right. Many people are drastically affected by the wounds caused by the absence of or the abnormal relation with their father or father figures. Their father wound hasn't healed. In, or, in other words, right now, there are many men and many women who are being drastically affected or and their and their and the effects of these wounds are drastically affecting those close to them. Because of the effects that was caused by a father that it was either absence absent or or had abnormally uh, abused or used them. But before I go deep, let's get to the definition of a daddy issue. The definition of a daddy issue is a mental and emotional challenge, mental or emotional challenges resulting from an absent or abnormal relationship with one's father during one's formative years. Daddy issues occur or mental or emotional challenges occur or result from an absent or abnormal relation with one's father during one's formative years. Meaning, <clears throat> the enemy's ultimate objective is to affect us through our forming years, the years where we are being formed, where our character is being formed, the way where our worldview is being formed, where our identity and our esteem is being formed. And during those periods when a father has been absent or there has been abnormal or there's an abnormal relationship with one's father, during those formative years, wounds are caused. And what happens through our society, these fatherless uh, cycles occur, causing so many people to be drastically affected because the devil knows if I can drastically affect the father and son or father and daughter relationship, then I can jeopardize or cause a, 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 a issue between us and the heavenly father. We got to look deep inside of ourselves and really assess, have I been drastically affected by the absence of my father or abnormal relationship with my father? Another point that I have here is, I, this is just a number I threw out there, 99% of the people who have had an abnormal or absent relation with their father have either experienced or are currently experiencing some form of a daddy issue. Most people are still struggling with their unresolved issues with their father, resulting in resentment or the desperate need to reach. Now, what does that mean? 
99.9% of the people who have had an abnormal, let me make sure I break that down. An abnormal relationship with one's father is the father was present in some kind of way, but the relationship wasn't operating in a God-centered, God-flowing or normal way. And a lot of us, we've been there where we, where the father was young or the father just didn't know or the father whatever. But a lot of us have been in situations where if our fathers were present, that, that 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 it wasn't a normal relationship, and a lot of people, uh, especially growing up, they look down at single parent homes because of, well, the absence of a father it, it has greater drastic effects than a father that's been in the home. But as I've gotten older, and as I've coached a lot of people, there is almost equal that the relate the abnormal relationship with one's father that was present has just equal, or if not in some cases more of a drastic effect than a person or a child that grew up in a single parent home without their father. So. All of us have to really assess and go all the way back and examine how what kind of things were formed in our lives during our formative years that may cause an issue or a poor perspective or mental or emotional resentments or issues that may plague our future. Let's keep going. Uh, 99% of the people who have had an abnormal or absent relationship with their father have either have either experienced or are currently experiencing some form of daddy issues. Most people are still struggling with their unresolved issues with their father, resulting in resentment or the desperate need to reach. Now, that point right there, let me break it down. Based upon whatever issues have been unresolved between you and your dad, right now you're either struggling with some form of resentment or a desperate need to reach. Resentment boils inside of a person's heart who has unresolved issues with someone, issues that were developed over years or a period of time where they were the most vulnerable. Resentment is deep rooted ill will, deep rooted wounds that, that has been toxic over time that has not allowed itself to be healed. Resentment that I resent you, that I hate the fact that you even live. I hate the fact that you ever did X, Y, Z against me. And now because of what you did, I'm doing what I'm doing now. It doesn't matter who has done anything towards you. There is no excuse for allowing through Christ, allowing anything that has happened in your past to reach forward into your future. And, 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 and it, you making excuses for because of what happened. Or the second part, when people have unresolved issues with their father, it leads to a desperate need to reach, a desperate need to reach out for women, a desperate need to reach out for a father, to reach out for the love of a man, a desperate need to reach out. Men and women desperately reaching out for some sort, for some form of validation, for some form of identity, for some form of love. That's why the enemy's after the fathers, because he knows if I can if I can remove the father at the home, there would be a deep need for children to reach out for fatherly love. And since most homes are not spiritually equipped to guide children into the fear and ammunition of the Lord or to develop children in an understanding of how God is able to replace what was removed or what removed itself, then that person is going to naturally reach out for any and everything but the heavenly father's help or support. Let's keep going because I have a lot of points. <clears throat> and for those who's joining me now, we're talking about daddy issues, how to heal, uh, how to heal the father wound. 
And we're, we're, we're going to talk about these three questions. What are daddy issues, signs you have daddy issues, and how to heal the father wound. So the three questions we're going to talk about today is what are daddy issues, signs you have daddy issues, and number three, how to heal the father's wound. My next point, Satan wants fatherless cycles due to how they directly affect one's relationship with their heavenly father, meaning he wants these cycles to occur. He wants men to lead their responsibilities or he wants men who are positioned in families and, but are distracted and not paying the attention that's needed for that child to grow. He wants these fatherless cycles because I'm make sure I make this clear. Just because a man has a child doesn't mean that man is a father. There's a difference between being a man who made a child, who played a part in bringing a child in this world and a man who actually intentionally fathers their child. That's why I always tell people, whatever you don't tend will end. That's why um, God uh, talks heavily about the role of a man, because if you don't tend your wife, if you don't tend your children, then there will be an end. There was something that will, will die inside of that child because of your lack of responsibility. And that's why all men have to recognize if you're not ready to father a child, then you should never, you shouldn't even think about entering a woman. It, you shouldn't even think about even pulling a woman from her place of security or her place of singleness or her place of whatever confusion that she might be in. And then lead her into a place where you know that you're going to allow fear to grip you, that you're going to allow uh, ego to grip you, or you're going to allow whatever to remove you from a child that needs you. Satan wants fatherless cycles due to how they directly affect one's relationship with their heavenly father. He knows the fathers who move. Most people are not going to be in the right psychological state to understand who their heavenly father is. And when that happens, when well, anytime they even think about God, they will compare God's nature with the nature of their father, confusing them and warping their connection and their intimacy with him. Next point I have what your father did or didn't do has nothing to do with the heavenly father. It doesn't matter what your father has done to you. It does not compare or come close to the nature of God. That's why it's important for us to understand that our heavenly father was always there. Let's break this scripture down. And then we're going to get into signs. You have daddy issues. Psalms 34, 17 through 20 says, when the righteous cry for help, Key word in there is when the righteous cry for help. This righteous word does not mean that in order for God to hear me, in order for me to be heard, I have to, in my own righteousness, pay pay some form of, of righteous living or pay some form of debt for God to hear me. We don't live in a relationship with God in a Christian world where we have to pay to be heard. But this righteousness right here that's talking here is our righteous state in Christ. Because of what Jesus did for us and the imputed righteousness that was placed on us and the filthy righteousness or condemnation of sin that was placed on the cross has caused um, um, a, a right standing in a believer who has been converted by God. What I mean by this is the righteousness of Jesus imputed on those who by the goodness of God was drawn to repentance, recognizing their depraved state and recognizing their desperate need for a savior and making a critical decision led by the Holy Spirit to uh, <clears throat> causing an individual to, to, to receive the gift of salvation with fruit, with fruit sealed by the Holy Spirit this righteous state that we are in inspires us to renew our minds into righteous living. So when you have allowed the imputed righteousness of Jesus to be imputed on your life and you, you welcome the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and you see fruit of salvation, you can now have confidence that anytime I cry to the father, next point, 
for, for help, the Lord hears and delivers them. When the righteous cry for help, cry for help means vulnerability. Cry for help means I recognize that I can't do this alone. A lot of people have either suffocated or try to provide their own solutions to their father issues. And they're wondering why the issues cannot be fixed because there's pride there, because the resentment has boiled into a, a, a symptom state or a symptom or the next level of position of pride, making you feel that I'm either going to suffocate this so that my, so I can prove to my dad that I'm somebody or suffocate this so that I can prove that, uh, that it's I can have some fuel <clears throat> to flourish or, or if I don't suffocate it, I forgot the other word that I said, but either way, when I'm in a humble state and I realize that it's, that it's impossible for me to save myself from my own issues, then in my humility state, I cry to God for help. I go to God and say, yo, God, I need help in this area. The word of God says, when the righteous because of Jesus, imputed righteousness, cries for help. The Lord, I love the word Lord. Lord means rulership. Lord means steward. Lord means the one responsible for, for another. Meaning that when I cry out to the Lord for help, I know for a fact that he is sovereign. <clears throat> And I know for a fact that he is able, that I know for a fact that he is willing and is able to take care of me. And I know that my Lord hears and delivers. Now, this is the issue that affects a lot of people. <clears throat> Many people think that because God heard that he should deliver immediately. No, delivery and hearing doesn't have a specific uh, duration, meaning that I don't, it's not like uh, like a, an employee that pays an employee every two weeks. As you can know, if God heard me today, <clears throat> I'm guaranteed to have help two weeks from now or Amazon Prime. I'm guaranteed that after I, after I cry of help, that in two days, but we have to understand that there's a peace that surpasses all understanding that when God heard you, we have to trust his will. When God heard, hears your cry, we have to trust that he heard and that we trust that in his sovereignty and in his ultimate wisdom, he knows exactly how to bring the healing in our lives. And many of us, we give up on God because of our false expectations of his delivering of our healing. But we have to understand that God knows the exact way to heal specifically and exactly your deep father wound. And a lot of people, they forget about that. And they think that because I've made a request that I have, that I can demand God to bring things now. And some things possibly, but a lot of things we have to trust his sovereignty, knowing that he will deliver. The scripture says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord, the one responsible, hears and delivers them, hears and delivers them out of all, not some, not most, but all of their troubles. What is troubling you? What has troubled you because of what your father did to you? What daddy issue is troubling you? It doesn't matter what it is. God is willing and able to deliver you of all your troubles. And some of us, we are in trouble right now due to how troubled we were in our youth. The Lord is near. Next part of the verse. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The enemy doesn't want you to recognize <clears throat> how near God is. 
He doesn't want you to recognize how how present he was when your father did what he did to you at seven or what your father didn't do when you wanted him to do whatever you wanted him to do at 14. That it doesn't matter what happened. The Lord was near. Now, people get mad at God. If God was near, then why did he allow this fear? Why did he allow this issue to happen in my life? We don't always understand the ways of, of God, but we know for a fact that you survived it. We know for a fact that you made it through. We know for a fact that you actually have a story now. We know for a fact that 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 you have the opportunity to grow from it. It says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. A lot of our spirits have been crushed because of what a man did. Spirits have been crushed, 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 crushed because of what a father did or did not do. The next verse says, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him or her out of them all. Psalms 147.3 says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It doesn't matter what wound or wounds you have right now. The Lord is binding them up, but you cannot expect God to bind up a wound that you are poking, binding up a wound that you are protecting, binding up a wound that you are not willing to put in his hands for him to heal. Now, signs you have daddy issues. Next part of this discussion, signs you have daddy issues. We want to talk to the men first. <clears throat> so if you know a young man, you know an a, a, a older man, you know any man that you know for a fact resembles one of these 14 traits, I want you to share this video with them now. That's right. The Lord delivers them out of them all. We got 14 points or signs, 14 signs that men struggle with daddy issues and 14 signs that women struggle with daddy issues. And then we have seven or so points on how to heal the father room and eliminate your daddy issues. Now, men, hear me, men, here are 14 signs that you have daddy issues. Number one, you unaffectionate. Number one, you are unaffectionate or overly affectionate. Now, what does this mean? Whether you didn't have a father or whether or not you did have a father based upon how that man led based upon how that man uh, lived will determine how affectionate you are. Now there's two types of affection. A man is either unaffectionate or overly affectionate. Unaffectionate means that he, he doesn't even know how to become, a, to, to, he doesn't know how to share um, the right kind of love. He doesn't know how to show the right kind of affection. He doesn't, he's not into his emotions. And what I mean by that, that God wants us men to be balanced. He doesn't want us men to be hard and always tough and always mean. He wants us to be toughly tender, <laughs> tenderly tough. You see what I'm saying? A balance. And when a man is in the home, a proper man of God, he will show us how to serve. He'll show us how to be affectionate. He'll show us how to give. He'll show us how to lead. And when that man has been removed or the wrong man is still in place, leading and living a certain kind of way, then that man is either going to mimic the, the, the affection or the lack thereof that that father did towards his, towards the young man's mother, or that man is going to grow with the woman that's busy working two or three jobs or whatever, and he's not going to be able to know how to show the right kind of affection, or he's going to be overly affectionate. Or because of what how promiscuous his dad was, become overly affectionate, trying to manipulate women, showing that kind of love to manipulate a woman to get into his arms. That these type of symptoms are signs that a man has daddy issues. He's unaffectionate or overly affectionate. Let's keep going. Number two, he's unconcerned. Unconcerned. 
he's not really moved by anything. There's no strong why. There's no strong purpose. He's just slowly navigating through life. There's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of purpose. He's unconcerned about your needs. He's unconcerned about a woman's needs, unconcerned about his own needs, unconcerned about the needs of God. He's an individual who's he's emotionally scarred, that, that he has so much hate in his life that he has no ambition. He has no drive. He has no purpose. He has no why. Because a man, a real father, of God, a father, a man of God that knows how to father is going to make that man be concerned about the needs of his woman, the needs of his mother, the needs of his sister, the needs of God, the needs of others. He's going to be concerned. He's going to be motivated. It's going to be a burden from God on his heart, moving him into his purpose. But when a man lacks that father, that father's going to teach him, he's going to be unconcerned. He's going to be either to overly concerned himself where he don't have no room to be concerning of others, or he's just going to be scarred emotionally. Number three, signs that a man has daddy issues, he's deeply insecure or has a false sense of self-confidence. Either he is deeply insecure or has a false sense of self-confidence. When a man has deep daddy issues, he gives off the facade that he's secure, but he's deeply insecure. He's triggered, easily triggered, easily emotional, easily. He has to respond. He has to prove that he's somebody. He has to prove that he knows it all. He has to prove all these different things because he is deeply insecure. He, he You could tell him how flashy a man is. And don't get me wrong. A, a man who likes fashion doesn't mean he's flashy. But you know a man who is insecure when you can tell that he wears his confidence on his sleeve, that he wears his confidence on, on exterior. That, because there's a phrase that says confidence is silent. Violence, but insecurities are loud. If you can hear the man before you see the man, that man is insecure. If he's always bragging, if he's always boasting, if he's always talking about who he is, what he is, that man is deeply insecure. A real father of God is going to train up the child, that young man, to understand the beauty of being quiet, the beauty of observation, the beauty of navigating life confidently rooted in the confidence that young man has in Christ. But when that father is showing that man flashy and, and that a man is what he a man's values and what he has, he may not articulate that, but he definitely shows it. Then that man is going to live a deep, insecure life because his father did not give him the security that he needs. Or he exhibits a false sense of self-confidence. Those two go together. Anytime you hear a person's confidence based upon what they have or based upon their words, that man is deeply insecure. Another sign that a man struggles with, with uh, a daddy issues. Next point, number four, he has anger issues or is emotionally confused. He has anger issues. A man who cannot control his temper is a man who's mad at his dad. I'm not saying all his angers towards his dad, but a lot of that anger is probably aimed or rooted in what his father did or didn't do. A man who does not have self-control is either a man that's extremely mad at his dad or a man that saw his dad exhibit those type of attributes. 
Anytime you're around a man who cannot control his anger, typically down deep rooted, there's some type of issue. Uh, there's it, You can scale all the way back. Probably there's something there that he's still upset about. It could be a girlfriend. It could be whatever. But we're talking about in the cases of, of a father wound, a wound caused by a father. That man has deep resentment, deep anger. He's upset about how his dad treated his mom or upset about his dad not being there. And he has this uh, uh, anger issue because he's mad at himself or he's mad that he has no guide or is emotionally confused, meaning that he don't know how to balance his own emotions. There's no fruit of self-controlling his life. That man is all over the place emotionally. Another sign that a man has, uh, um, that a man has Father issues, number five, he's controlling. He's controlling, meaning he wants his hands and everything. There's a difference between leading and controlling. God wants to make us men to be leaders, <clears throat> not controllers. That we've been trying to manipulate women to do exactly what we want. We're trying to control the narrative. We're trying to control the situation. We're trying to control everything. We're controlling where you at, what you doing, why you doing that, what's going on. Why it's, it's different between control and concern. When you're concerned about someone, you're you're pleasant, you're 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 you you exhibit on the right type of male nature that, that wants to protect, provide, and, and to lead. But when that controlling is deep rooted, it, it, it typically uh, boils over into trying to control everything for one's own pleasure, trying to control everyone for his own selfish pleasure. Another another sign that a, a man has daddy issues. These are for women. I want you to listen to this because if you're surrounded by a man that's exhibiting any one of these traits, typically he has a daddy issue or he didn't have no proper guide. And these these traits are flooding their lives. Number six, he's irresponsible. A man that is struggling with with daddy issues typically or because if they didn't have the uh, dad there or they have daddy issues where it comes from just being abused or hurt by their father, typically they're going to be irresponsible. They don't they don't know how to manage their responsibilities because they father didn't manage their responsibilities. And this is an area that plagued my life. Before I go further, let me talk about the daddy issue that God helped me or delivered me from. I grew up without my dad. My dad's a great guy. I just think my dad was young. I think my dad had other objectives. And, and I just think that um, um, God removed him out of my home for, for the purposes that you see manifesting in my life right now. And so my dad and my mom uh, divorced when I was four years old and I was the only child. So if you couple those two things together, you have a young man who's 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 got a special gift on his life, special on his life, but doesn't have no... Uh, father figure within arm's reach. And the beautiful thing about it all, <clears throat> hindsight being 2020, God didn't allow any man to get close to me, um, except for like my uncle. My uncle was there for me. We played ball and hoop, but he was young. When I was four or five years old, he was 14, 15. But he, but I'm talking about as, as we got older, he was there in certain ways. But, but, but he made sure certain men couldn't get close to me because he wanted to father me. Now, I was too young to process that, but the issues that spawn from the absence of my dad or or the or whatever spawn abandonment, 
uh, spawned irresponsibility. It spawned a bunch of trial and error. I was a young man that was like, hey, I got this great gift for God. Let me try this. I didn't have nobody I could just straight up call and be like, how do I handle this? And <clears throat> those insecurities rose because I had no insight. Insecurity rises up in a man's heart who does not have the proper insight. When a man has the proper insight, he is secure insight. He's able to see inside of himself and see who God has made him and see the Holy Spirit working in him. And then that would determine how he sees out of his life. So I didn't have the proper insight. So I had insecurities <clears throat> rise in moments of leadership and moments of, of just ministry and moments in my life because I was irresponsible. I used to be the type of guy that, that uh, left my books in classrooms. I always forgot stuff. Um, I didn't really have that male accountability that, that really groomed me into understanding uh, timeliness, understanding uh, um, organization, understanding keeping up with your things, understanding finances. See, there's a lot of different things that spawns when a father's removed and your mom has to work. Most of it, and back then there was no technology for me to do research on. And so these were some of the daddy issues that spawned out of my life. And the biggest one was abandonment. The enemy knew <clears throat> the, the, the level or the potency of my anointing. And he knew that if I can get this child uh, uh, wrapped in uh, uh, that everyone leaves him because everyone that was because he was always by himself. And then, then I can cause that man to be in, in different uh, stages of his ministry, different stages of his life, seek in a sunken place because, oh, this person left, that person left. And so bulk of my life was wrapped around those different things. And until about time I was maybe 28, 29 years old, 27 or so, God really got a hold of me and really showed me, Josh, if you do not allow me to heal this father wound, the, the root wound is, the, is a father wound, but it spawned into other wounds because of, of, of abandonments or whatever, then, then you're, you're not going to be the responsible man I need you to be. You're not going to be financially literate like I need you to be. You're not going to be able to manage your faith properly because you got a bunch of zeal, but no wisdom. And this is what happens to a lot of men. And this is what plagued me. I became so caught up in a false sense of security, false sense of confidence. I thought I was somebody. And deep down inside of me, that little boy was still crying. That little boy was still hurting. And so what happened in moments of leadership? Oh, I got this. Oh, let's do this. And I'm going to try to prove that man wrong. I'm going to try to prove that person wrong. And that arrogance, that pride crept in because I utilized that pride and that arrogance as a facade. And so if I, my, the value of who I was was based upon the size of my ministry, was based upon the size of my influence. And anytime a man begins to measure sizes, that man is so caught up in what he thinks makes him whatever. And so that's what plagued me. Now, through the healing of the Heavenly Father, I no longer care about how big my ministry is. I don't care about who leaves or who comes and goes because I knew and I constantly know that my Father is near. That if anything happens, anything that occurs, if there's insecurities that rise or whatever, I know I can reach out to my Heavenly Father. But you and I have to come to grips of just how real these issues are.
So irresponsibility was one of the ones that was in my life. I just wasn't responsible. I didn't have that person that was on my tail, grooming me, guiding me, helping me understand from a biblical perspective. That's why I challenge every man: do not marry a woman until you have been been uh uh, uh some until you have submitted to God with fruit evident. Let's keep going. Another sign that a man struggles with daddy issues. Number seven, he's very closed off and has a hard time opening up or being vulnerable. A man who cannot communicate how he feels. This right here could be a sign of a daddy issue. A father didn't show him how to properly communicate his feelings, how to properly open up to the people who are able to handle what's behind that door. And this could be one of the ones that was in my life, too. I, I felt like nobody understood me. I didn't really have great outlets of communication growing up. I, a lot of the, a lot of my concerns, a lot of my issues were suffocated inside of me. I didn't really have nobody to talk to. You see what I'm saying? My mom loved me dearly, but my mom was busy or my mom was tired. And so it was hard for me to communicate how I feel or how I felt at the time. And all of those emotions were suppressed. And it was very hard for me to be vulnerable. Or if I was vulnerable with the wrong person, it only validate why I should never be vulnerable again. And that's why when I have children, I'm going to make sure that I always give an empathetic listening ear to them because I never want them to grow up suppressing how they really feel. And that's why parents have to be very careful with your children. Because if you don't make create a space for them to communicate how they feel, then they're going to communicate that to the wrong person or that they're going to suppress it and bull build resentment towards you. Or they're going to be walking around with all these bottled up emotions. And, and when, when life shakes them the right way, they're going to explode. A man who struggles with some daddy, a daddy issue, they're very closed off and they have a hard time opening up or being vulnerable. Number eight, <clears throat> Signs of a man who has daddy issues, these are signs of daddy issues. These are signs of issues where a father was either absent or that young man had an abnormal relationship with his father. Number eight, he has commitment issues. He has commitment issues. He can't stay with someone longer than four or five days. <clears throat> he doesn't know how to be with one woman. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true, Holly. These can be mom issues, too. These can be mom issues. These could be issues where moms were manipulative. Moms were, were controlling moms. And so this is what happens. The cycle continues. Typically, when you have mom issues or you have any type of parental issues, chances are that parent is, has yet to be healed of their daddy issue. And there's a lot of women who are passing down these cycles. And I'm going to get to that point. They're passing down these cycles, passing down these emotions, passing down these ideologies, passing down these worldviews into the hearts of their children. And now their mom is channeling the pain from what she experienced from her father into her children. That's why both sides, and we're going to get to the women next. You got to make sure you nip this in the bud. You get this out of your heart, get this out of your life so that you don't pass this down into your kids and now creating them, creating in them a daddy or mommy issue. Commitment issue. This young man, he don't even know how to be committed because he ain't never seen no man be committed to his mom. Dad walked out. Dad cheated. Dad fornicated. Dad committed adultery. Dad was sexual. Dad didn't know how to be committed. That's why we men got to show men how to be committed. We got to show men not just to be committed to his woman, 
and his and his family, but to be committed to God. Your lack of commitment to God will funnel into your other commitments. If you can't be committed to God, you will not be committed to a woman. It's because of your submission to the Heavenly Father that was caused you to sacrifice for your family. And that's where God worked on me. He says, Josh, when you get married, you got to transfer the energy of your commitments. Now, what does that mean? God was telling me, like, look, son, you've been in ministry for at the time, maybe nine or 10 years. And he's like, man, you can't go so hard for the ministry. Go so hard for that. And you don't have the right perspective of being committed to your wife because your wife and your children is your second ministry because your first ministry to me. Because if you minister to me well, you will minister to them well. How a man serves God will reveal how he's going to serve his wife. And that's key. So another sign that a man has daddy issues, he has commitment issues. He cannot be committed to anything. <clears throat> he's not committed to God. He's not committed to his wife. He's not committed to his children. And he's not committed to his purpose. Number nine, signs you have daddy issues, fellas. You're disrespectful to authority and to women. You're disrespectful. You're disrespectful. Respect is a learned behavior. Disrespect is a part of our flawed nature. Respect has to be taught. Disrespect is the default setting in us. I got kids <clears throat> in my school who don't even know how to respect nobody. You know what I'm saying? But by default, they can roll their eyes. They'll do whatever because that's the, that's the default setting. If you go to the settings of each and every one of us as a child, we have a default sinful nature. By default, our default setting is disrespectful. Our default setting is a lot of nasty stuff. But a man who has daddy issues, he's a disrespectful dude. He don't know how to show respect to authority. He's running off at the mouth at authority. He doesn't want to submit to authority. He wants to be a lone ranger. And here's a point I don't even have in my 14 points. A man who has daddy issues doesn't want to submit to another man. He is unwilling and doesn't want the right kind of accountability. He wants the wrong kind of accountability, but doesn't want the right kind of accountability. That's why women, you could tell a man struggles with daddy issues if he's not willing to submit to another man. If he says stuff like this, I don't need no covering. I don't need somebody over me. I, uh, or you see his type of accountability or suspect. This is a man who doesn't know how to be up under a right man. The Bible says, how can you take care of something that's your, how can you take care of something Basically, you you can you basically the scripture saying you are not going to be able to take care of, of yours, something of yours, if you're not able to take care of another man's. You see what I'm saying? And so most men who who have father issues, and I see this in a lot of guys, and I saw this in myself growing up, even though that we yearn for a father, uh fatherhood, when a man shows you the real, a real man, and this is what happens, guys, when they don't have no clue of what a real man is when a real man shows up and when a real man wants to hold you accountable when a real man tells you about yourself you ain't gonna want to submit to that man you ain't gonna want to be uh, nurtured or held accountable by that man because you you've been nurtured by your mom all the time your mom see i'm glad my mom was tough that's why it wasn't hard for me to submit to somebody who was a strong man but a lot of men who were mothered and nurtured by women, when a real man tells them about themselves, they get in their feelings. 
I see this all the time when you check a dude or and a person wants you to hold him accountable. I've been in ministry. When you try to hold men accountable, men do not know how to go by man of God rules. What they want, they want rules that they want to establish, but they don't want no rules from a real man of God. So when you see a man who's like, and you see that he's got a bunch of sissy guys, a bunch of loose guys, a bunch of guys who can't even hold their own selves accountable, you can't trust that man. Typically, that man struggles with daddy issues. Because when you don't know what a real man looks like, when you meet a real man, real recognize the lack of realness in another. And then when that person calls you out on your lack of realness, that man gets butt hurt, that man gets in his feelings, and then that man shuns the other individual. I've seen it. They don't, they're disrespectful to authority. I don't I don't want to be held accountable by you. I want to be held accountable by somebody who will nurture me. I want to be held accountable by somebody that ain't going to tell me about myself. I want I want to be held accountable by someone that's going to be like, it's going to be okay. No, sometimes you need that kick in the balls. Sometimes you need that kick in the rear end. You need that man that's going to check you. And if a man doesn't want to be checked, he's not going to check all the box that needs to be checked in his relationship. And he's disrespectful to women. He don't even know how to treat women. Disrespectful to him, hitting them, beating them, uh, beating them down with with his words. These type of men, daddy issues, yo. And you got to stay away from those kind of men. Number ten, signs you have daddy issues. You are effeminate or unmanly. This kind of boils down to it. Why do you think there's a bunch of skinny jeans? Why do you think a lot of men are effeminate? Why do you think metro metrosexualism and and other isms and, and, and stuff is creeping in into men's life. I can't believe how many people go to some of these pastors' churches. When 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 their pants so tight, you can see their prints. You see what I'm saying? They're walking around with, with these effeminate clothing. These men got daddy issues, man. I don't know what kind of manhood is this out here. You see what I'm saying? I, I can't rock with people that wear skinny jeans. No knock to y'all. I'm not saying that you're gay. I'm not saying you whatever. But listen, listen, that's by design. You see what I'm saying? These designers have been designing these type of effeminate clothings by design to suffocate your sperm, to suffocate your reproduction organ, to cause you to be. I ain't going to go that deep. But what I'm trying to tell you is if you find yourself effeminate and your hand is bent and you talk in a certain kind of way, you walk in a certain kind of way. Chances are you was around women more than you was around men. And now we live in a society where we don't even know what a real man looks like. And so if you have an effeminate nature and you don't you don't really have the right biblical masculinity, you see what I'm saying? And <clears throat> whether your dad was there or wasn't there, something psychologically is 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 by design by the agenda of culture leading you into a place of 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 being uh effeminate. You see what I'm saying? And and any man who's real is going to check a young man that he cares about. And say men don't walk like that. Men don't hold their arms like that. Men don't wear clothes like that. This is the reasons why. That's why we need some real men to stand up in the lives of young men who don't have their fathers there, to let them know, to guide them, to ensure they're not directed into the jaws of this of this culture. Signs you have daddy issues. You are effeminate or unmanly, man. And I'm gonna do videos on biblical man, how a man's supposed to carry himself. And I'm not sitting there saying I'm the expert on this, but I know for a fact that I know there's just certain things men shouldn't do. Number 11, signs you have daddy issues, you're self-seeking or selfish. Everything's about you because everything was about you to compensate for your dad not being there. 
A lot of men who had daddies because they dad wasn't a mom. Well, I don't want my son to feel. So what they do, over nurturing, next gear of nurturing. And that young man grows into being self-seeking or selfish because everything was given to him to compensate for what was removed away from him or who was removed away from him. There's a lot of different nuances in these points, but I have 14 of them. That's why I have to go through them quickly because I have to get to the women and I have to get some other points as well. Number 12, signs a young man has daddy issues. He's a curse carrier, generational curse carrier. What I mean by that is uh, that young man is carrying what that father did. So what happens is if if your, if your father had lust issues, chances are that demon is going to try to stay in the family lineage and is going to try to transfer that thing down into the to, um, into the, the son and so that the son can pass that or give clearance to the next generation. Clearance of cycles. That if I am clueless about demonic cycles and I would give clearance for that cycle to be passed down, that cursed mindset, that cursed way of thinking, that cursed way of acting is going to be passed down from that son to the next son. And that son's going to be in the next cycle. That's why you got to look at your family. Fellas, look at your family, look at your father, your grandfather, your great grandfather and see what is the uh, prominent theme in y'all's lineage. Some men is greed. Some men is lust. Some men is pride. It is being passed down. That's why we got to understand who we are in Christ so that he'll uh, uh, um, eliminate the curses out of our lives through clarity of mind, through our minds being renewed so that we can repent from it and, and renew our minds away from it so that cycle does not pass down. Number 13, signs you have daddy issues, fellas. You're afraid to have children. That's good. You just broke the generation of curse last year, gave my life. That's right. The good God, man, that's powerful, man. I'm happy for you. You're afraid to have children. And that's understandable. If you, if you, if, if you didn't have no guide, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be kind of shy or nervous when it comes to having children because I didn't have no guide. That's what makes me so grateful for God. I ain't afraid to have kids. I want to have kids. I know my heavenly father was fathering me the whole time. And as I grew into spiritual maturity, I was able to recognize his fathering and appreciate it. And we're going to talk about how God fathers pretty soon. Last point, signs a, a young man has daddy issues. He's lazy or he's a workaholic. He's lazy because there was no dad there to be like, yo, boy, you better get out there and work. He's either lazy or... Or he saw his dad work all the time, so he works all the time. He didn't really see how to be in the home and be the man he needs. All these signs will be evident in a man's life who doesn't welcome Christ in his life. Now, how does God father? <clears throat> I didn't have no points there, but I feel it to talk about that. How God fathers. God fathers, man, should I talk about that? Yeah. God fathers two ways, tenderly and tough. God has a tender love and a tough love. The way God fathers brings balance to us men and balance into women on what a father looks like. So when you engage with the heavenly father and fellowship with him, you have a, a deeper understanding of how of how women, how you will select the man or how you will welcome the man God has you because you know that man has been groomed by God and he will father with the right heart. He may not get everything right uh, and perfect, but he's perfectly placed. And he'll, he'll, he knows how to go back to that perfect place of how to navigate and how to handle situations. And it will show us men how to be tender. And I love how Jesus was. He'll whoop you in the synagogue. 
he'll 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 come face to face to the power of that day, the spiritual powers of that day. But he'll be the same man to wash his disciples' feet. He'll be the same one that weeps because because Lazarus died. He'll, he there's a balance. He knows how to be tender. He knows how to say, suffer the children to come to me and forbid them not. He'll wait at 12 noon, hot in a day, wait by the well for the woman uh, who, uh, to come to him. He'll know how to give a pause within the, in the synagogue, right in, in the dirt, to give clearance and to bring the right kind of phrase to make everyone drop their stones. You see what I'm saying? And so what happens is God will begin to show you that, yes, I can be tender. Yes, I'm there, but I do chasten those whom I love. That that I love what the psalmist says, uh, um, his rod and his staff comforts me. Do you know that children crave structure? That's why they want a structuralist society. They don't want us to have biblical, morally sound structures because they don't they want us lawless. They, they want us all over the place. So what happens is we look at God as a Santa Claus God, and that's what's been uh, preached in most of these churches that everything's about you. Is this overly motherly nurturing perspective of God without bringing the fear of God in it? Oh, we got the faithfulness of God, the, the faithfulness of God. But what about the fear of God that brings balance to his love for us? So God's love is a tender love and it's a tough love. And you got to recognize. And a lot of us, we run away from God because it, because because when he begins to chastens us and when he begins to prune us, we don't know how to respond. We have to understand that God does both. He tenderly loves you, but he chases those whom he loves. He rebukes us. He convicts us. He, 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 he fathers us. And when you have that fatherlessness mentality, then you only see God from a woman's standpoint, from a nurturing standpoint, and that and that everything's based on you. And you have this self-seeking, selfish kind of theology where everything's about you and God is supposed to be someone that does things whenever you want it versus being that God that says no to your, your, your behind. You see what I'm saying? That says no to you. Let's keep going. Now, signs that women have daddy issues. Man, I've been going 52 minutes. All right. Signs that women have daddy issues. Number one, they have deep trust issues. Signs that women have daddy issues. They have deep trust issues. They have trust issues because their trust wasn't cared for. If you are walking around right now and you are hesitant. Now, there's nothing wrong with being cautious, but when you, when cautiousness is a part of who you are and you have deep trust issues, if you don't deal with that trust issues, how can God entrust in you? God loves us all equally, but he doesn't trust us all equally. He entrusts in those that trust in him. In order for you to build trust, you have to trust him. You have to be able to understand what Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your understandings and all your ways, acknowledge him and make your path straight. That many times when women have trust issues, they're leaning onto their own understandings and, and they're not acknowledging God, maybe because of pride, maybe because of whatever. But those trust issues have to be dealt with because how, why would God, how, <clears throat> why would God entrust a man to you and trust, um, um, anything in your life if you have trust because he needs people who can trust in him so that he can trust in them there's nothing wrong with being cautious nothing wrong with being uh, uh uh um uh to calculate and to process things but if your trust has been abused 
and you have not allowed that abuse to be entrusted into the hands of God, how can God entrust anything into you? And all these points I said about the man, ladies, make sure you go back and look over that because if because looking at these type of signs will let you know who hasn't trusted God in their own life. Number two, signs that a woman has trust issues, they are learning or date older men. A sign that a woman has daddy issues is a woman who's reaching for older male attention. Because they didn't have no father there, like I said before, there's a desperate reach. You have a lot of ladies who are dating older men or are looking for older men. Now, don't get me wrong. We're talking about things rooting in daddy issues. If you like someone five years older, we're talking about women who, there's a lot of women who date older men because they want that false sense of security. The reason, the number one thing um, that affects women, the the, the 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 main core things that affects women is their 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 wanting of security. What I mean by that is, is that when a father's not in the life of a young girl, that young girl is yearning for security. She was made to be secure. You see, what I'm saying she was designed uh, to be stable. That's why uh um that's why men are not qualified to be in a woman's life if he is insecure and unstable because it's going to affect her security and stability. You see what I'm saying? And so when there's no father there, that woman doesn't have the security. How old is older? Maybe 15, 20 years. Any, uh, dating a man that could be your dad is what I'm trying to say. If you're dating a man that could be your dad or is really older than you, then you have to really ask yourself certain kind of questions. But... um. I forgot what I was saying. Let's keep going. Signs that a woman has daddy issues. Number three, it goes with what I talk about insecurity, instability. She has low self-esteem. A father was meant to be in position to ensure his daughter has the right type of esteem. We didn't say super high esteem. We talking about the right esteem, that right balance. You got a lot of women who had fathers who hyped them up so high. That, that that she, that everybody's beneath her. You see what I'm saying? We're talking about the right kind of esteem, an esteem that's rooted in Christ's confidence. Uh, <clears throat> women who have low self-esteem typically have some type of daddy issue in her life. That because her dad wasn't there to affirm her, to make her feel that she's uh, that she's a strong woman, that she is capable of doing anything that, that she was created to do, then that woman's going to sink into a low self-esteem. And when she looks in a the mirror, there's no, there's no words echoing in her mind to assure her of the beauty of who she is. And so what happens, she'll look in the mirror. And it doesn't matter how attractive she is. It doesn't matter how beautiful she is. If she doesn't see herself beautiful, then she's going to navigate through life doing ugly things. And that's what fathers was designed for, for young girls, to let young girl know that you are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God created you with unique wonder, unique awe, that he created you for such a time as this, that you are beautiful. And when women do not hear that during their formative years, then different types of ideologies and worldly standards will begin to form in her heart. And then she'll look at herself far less of the priceless tag that God has placed on her. And it happens all the time. A young lady commented on one of my videos. She talked about how it doesn't matter how attractive people say she is. If she's broken on the inside, she can't see the beauty. It's crazy how many women can't see the beauty. The, it's crazy how so many women cannot see the handiwork of God. 
but based but because they were mishandled by their fathers. They cannot even see the handiwork of their heavenly father because of how mishandled they was by their earthly father. And God said, I don't care what your father did or didn't do. I was the one that created you. The only thing your dad did was donate sperm. I was the one that formed you. See what I'm saying? And so if you're struggling with low self-esteem right now, you got to look deep down inside of yourself and say, yo, where, where, where the beauty is not based upon the world standards. The beauty is based upon the handiwork of God in our lives. You see what I'm saying? And so that's why we men are important in our young girls' lives to affirm them of how wonderfully and beautiful they are. Balanced, of course, letting them know that don't become self-centered with it, but to let them know that they are beautiful. Because when a father is absent, his words are absent. Or when a father is there and he doesn't know how to communicate, he's closed off and can't be vulnerable. Then his daughter is yearning from him to make her feel, uh, to boost her up. And then she go out there in the world. All it takes is one man to say something her father never said. And now he's in the arms. Now she in the arms of a man that's abusive and got daddy issues himself. Signs that a woman has daddy issues. Number four, she's an emotional wreck or she has bad attitudes. Her emotions are everywhere. You see what I'm saying? She's bad attitude. She has deep resentment because of what her dad did or didn't do, said or didn't say. Now all of a sudden she's an emotional wreck that she don't know what to believe, that, that she's easily triggered. Uh, um, she's all over the place. She's an emotional wreck because she didn't have anyone to be. She she is not allowing, because her dad wasn't, she's not allowing God to be the riverbank to guide her rivers of emotion steadily. You see what I'm saying? There's no boundaries to her emotion. So now she's flooding. See, that's what, see, God is supposed to be the riverbank to our emotions, guiding our emotions the right way. But when we are just an emotional wreck, then we're flooding waters and flooding waters cause damage. We're allowing so much, we're intaking so much false, uh, nurturing false water that we are trying to exceed the riverbank of God. And then we cause collateral damage in other people's lives. This is what happens all the time. When a woman is not allow, doesn't allow herself to be steadily guided by God or is still deep in her, uh, her her daddy issues, then she will allow herself to flood above her rightful uh, um, rise above uh, uh, her, her proper place. And then she'll flood and cause collateral damage in her sons, collapse collateral, collateral damage in the psyche of her own husband. And she can't control her tongue. She can't control her words. Her attitudes and emotions are everywhere. There's a certain level God wants us to be because because if we if we exceed that level emotionally, then we'll cause flooding. This is for men, too, with the anger issues. If God is not your steady riverbank, if you allow things to continue to flood into you and you rise above your safe limits of security, your safe limits of self-esteem, your safe limits of, of how God wants us to live, then you, just like the women, going to cause collateral damage to so many people through your emotions. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. If you don't have self-control over your lips, over your words, over your emotions. Listen, I tell women all the time, there is no excuse just because you are a woman. There is no excuse uh, for you to be emotionally reckless. No excuse. Because there's a lot of women that expect men to be uh, faithful over his loins, but she can't even be secure. Oh, women. There's some women out there that expect men not to cheat on him, not to cheat on them. 
and to have self-control over his over his uh, sexual desires, but she has no self-control over her emotions. And there's men out there that expect women to have emotional control, but he doesn't have sexual control. All of us need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be allowing him to lead us. There is no reason for you to be emotionally an emotional wreck or have bad attitudes. And that's on both sides, men and women. Just because you have that that friend that comes visit you every month, that's not an excuse. And what has happened in culture, women have been uh, given the excuses for their poor and bad emotions. And that's not right. So what happens is if a man becomes angry, society says that's a bad man. He can't control his anger. But when a woman is overly emotional, we make excuses. Well, maybe her dad wasn't there or maybe this is going on. No, 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 no. That's on both sides. Both of us need control over our dominant emotions. Signs that a woman has um, daddy issues. Number five, she needs validation or constant reassurance or she's attention seeking. She constantly needs validation. Do you know how that will wear a man out? That See, what limits that in a woman's life is for her to know that, she, that her assurance, her assurance and insurance is ultimately in God, right? That he assures her. When a woman doesn't have that proper relationship with God, then she or if she has daddy issues, she's going to always be looking for validation. And when she continues to look for reassurance or validation, she'll make that man the the uh, uh, the sole source of insurance and assurance. Right. Versus knowing that that man is flawed. That man is not going to always say what I need him to say or do what I need him to do. Ultimately, don't get me wrong. A man's supposed to be consistent in making sure his woman feel that that his love for her is valid. But when that validation is desperately needed, then there's a daddy issue there. You didn't grow up uh, 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 understanding that your validation is in God and not in the words of other man. Because what if that man becomes mute? What if that man cannot say certain things? Then all of a sudden, you, then you're going to go to that person first versus going to God. And so when God has been your assurance and he's your insurance, that if anything happens, you are insured by heaven insurance. That no matter what happens in your life, you are insured because you can't put your whole trust in a man. You can't put your full trust in a brother who's who's not perfect. It don't matter how good your man is, how good your husband is. He's nowhere close to how God is or God should be to you, meaning he's going to make mistakes. He's not going to say everything the right way. But when you know that you're valid by God, you will have patience with your man as he learns how to 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 assure you of his love, or you would not recognize how that man is showing that he loves you because that you may be programmed thinking that I have to hear. I love you. Now there's nothing wrong with being told you, I told, I love you. But when you constantly need someone to tell you that they love you, you're going to now cheapen the phrase. If you constantly need somebody to say that they love you, both male or female, man or woman, you constantly need someone to say, I love you. Then that person's gonna that person's I love you will be cheapened because they're gonna say it more than they feel it, and then you get into this place or whatever of of but I need you to say it. That person's gonna be like, but I, I I love you, I show you right now. That could be a fruit of a daddy issue. Another a sign that a woman has daddy issues. Oh, she's attention seeking, <clears throat> always looking for attention. You can go to Instagram right now and find every woman, not every woman, but a lot of women who have daddy issues. 
based on what they post. A woman who shows her body, a woman who uh, and men who flaunt their bodies, flaunt their wealth or women who flaunt their bodies and and doing certain things. There's daddy issues. You see what I'm saying? Whether she's a stripper or whether she's a CEO of a business, how she posts, how she carries herself, how she advertises herself really shows <clears throat> that she has daddy issues. Because if you already got God's attention, you don't need too many people's attention. If you're confident in God, you don't need it. You don't, you don't care about likes. You see what I'm saying? You don't care about these different things because you got God's attention. And when you got God's attention and God has your attention, you don't care about who's paying attention to you. Signs a woman has daddy issues. Number six, she's clingy and jealous or she's controlling as well. A woman who is clingy, who's jealous of your mom, <laughs> who's jealous of any woman around you. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, if you are, fellas, that's, let me make sure I make this plain. Fellas, the reason why our women kind of fall into this category is because we're not properly doing what we're supposed to do in our own category. What I mean by that is if you over there in everybody, every woman's face, your woman going, she has a right, she has a right, uh, a right kind of jealousy. Like what you mean? That's why they call God's jealousy, righteous jealousy. That's an attribute. He's like, what you mean you over there in front of that idol's face? Why are you over there in that idol's face and that idol ain't did nothing for you? So there's kind of a right kind of jealousy that a woman is going to naturally have if her man is in every other woman's face. She's going to naturally be like, Wait, why are you over there? She don't cook for you. She don't fold no clothes for you. She don't uh, um, um, she don't encourage you. Why? You? That's normal. But if you're doing everything you're supposed to do and she's still jealous and she's still clingy, got to always be around. You don't know how to give you space. Typically, there's a daddy issue. She didn't really see that in, in her life growing up. And that's what I said early on in the video. It doesn't matter who you are. If your dad was absent or you had an abnormal relationship with your father, either you currently have or you previously had daddy issues. And one of these symptoms are in your life. Nobody who grew without a father came out perfectly clean. You see what I'm saying? So there, there's, there's going to be some type of signs or symptoms in your life. And, and you cannot allow pride to keep you from looking and investigating you. Um, and also she's controlling. She just has to control. You see this in moms. You see this in grandmas. Every, every Thanksgiving got to be at her house. There's control issues. She wants to control everything. And that's manipulative. And that's typically a root or a sign that, that there was no dad involved or there's no divine connection to her, her heavenly father. Another sign that a woman um, <clears throat> has daddy issues. Number seven, she's overly independent or exhibits what I call fake strength, fake strength. She's overly independent. I don't need no man. No man don't got to do nothing. This is feminist. I think, uh, please, please. I don't know all feminists, but I believe all feminists to a degree. A lot of feminists struggle with daddy issues because there ain't no way you that you don't need a man that much. You see what I'm saying? You know, who going to carry those 24 packs of waters? You see what I'm saying? Who going to do all that? You ain't that. Let me stop. Let me stop. But there's there's overly in, they're overly independent. I don't need no man. I do what I got to do. And we're not talking about a woman who who's strong in her business. We're not talking about that kind of woman who has a balanced esteem and a great work ethic, an entrepreneur, a go getter. And she welcomes a man in her life. We're talking about women who just like I, I'm independent. I don't need no man. That woman's hurt. That woman is hurt. Or she has fake strength. <clears throat> 
she 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 exhibits strength but is fragile deeply vulnerable let's keep going <clears throat> signs a woman has daddy issues and i'm these is a lot of points but i had to go through these quickly signs a woman has daddy issues she has pent up resentment or anger is pent up it's pent up and she got deep dark resentment and she deep anger and it floods into her emotions and floods into her words keep going Next point, a sign a woman has daddy issues. Number nine, she's promiscuous, immodest, or sexually aggressive. Promiscuous? Promiscuous. There we go. She's promiscuous, immodest, or sexually aggressive. A sign of a woman who has daddy issues or dad wasn't there or whatever, whatever it is, or she had an abnormal connection with her father and does not have a divine connection to her heavenly father, she is uh, promiscuous immodest and sexually aggressive a woman who leads the sexual charge <laughs> watch out you see what i'm saying or a woman who is immodest like a, a a woman you know a man is in a woman's life or has been in a woman's life based upon how she not in all cases based upon how she uh carries her body <clears throat> and how she uh wears her wardrobe if everything is tight short um deep then chances are she's looking for attention uh, and she doesn't really. There wasn't uh, a strong woman in her life, or uh, or a father in her life, to let her know how to carry herself, how to bend, how to uh, uh, move her body, what to wear. Um, you, you, if you see any kind of immodesty, chances are there's some kind of daddy issue there. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the, or a lack of divine connection. Because you, there's just certain ways. If you connect to the heavenly father, you're just not going to wear certain things because because of of your temple, how much you care about how your temple is presented. So, so immodesty, uh, promiscuousness, and sexual aggression is a sign of a woman who has daddy issues. Simple as that. Let's keep going. Number 10, she hates being single. She's a serial dater. A sign that a woman has daddy issues. She is, she hates being single. Keyword. It's one, it's a difference between I just don't like being single. Because you have a strong desire for marriage, that you really want to be a mom one day, you really want to be a, a wife. But when you hate it, you hate being single and you're a serial dater. You don't like to be alone. Why? A woman who has low self-esteem and struggling inside of herself is going to try to find herself in someone else. And she hates being single. Because her validation is when is in that she's not a woman until she's married. No, you're a woman based upon who you're married to and for, as far as God, your connection to him. But if you always find yourself dating and dating and dating, you can't be alone and you hate being single. Chances are you have a daddy issue there. Next point, number 11. <clears throat> signs the woman has daddy. I got to hurry up. She makes excuses for their un, uh, she makes excuses for her unwarranted and overly emotional actions or reactions. She makes excuses for that. Oh, I slapped you because of my dad went in my life. I <clears throat> I cussed you out because I'm hurting. Like like she makes excuses for it. Well, I had this. This happened to me. This happened to me. That's why. No no no. You cannot make excuses for your actions. You cannot make excuses for unmerited, unwanted overly emotional actions or reactions. Anytime you just all over the place, you just <clears throat> reacting and you make excuses for it. Daddy issues. <clears throat> Number 12, you're still holding on to past relationships. 
it's hard for you to let go of your first. It's hard for you to let go of your ex. Next point. Signs you have debt issues. You're always surrounded by other hurt women. Pity loves company. You're surrounded by other hurt women. Look at your circle, ladies. Look around you. If you're surrounded by hurt women, chances are all y'all got daddy issues. Just like fellas, if you're surrounded by a bunch of hurt dudes, all they're talking about is another man. That's why um, anytime a man has time to talk about what another man is doing all the time, that man got issues. If you find yourself in a circle of gossipy men, chatty men, men who gossip and talk about other men or other women, all y'all got daddy issues. If you always surrounded by women, all you do is talk about other women. There you go. Birds of a feather flock together. You see what I'm saying? If that's all you got, you got to change your circle because that circle can become validating. It will validate the wrong feelings. Yeah, that's right. Men suck. That's right. Women suck and you start liking each other. You see what I'm saying? Got to be careful that. Signs you got daddy issues for the women. Last but not least, number 14, you can't control your words or tone, your demeaning. You got so much pent up anger. You are demeaning when you talk to men and, and, and you wonder why that man get upset because men are fueled off of respect. And if you can't respect a man, you can't even see a man how he's supposed to be seen. And you will talk down to him. And then when he raises his voice towards you, then you start getting mad, but you don't push the button. And you can't control your words or tone, probably got daddy issues. It's pent up anger flooded into your words and in your tone, and you could be demeaning. Now, how to heal the father wound? We got we finally got here, hour 15. How to heal the father wound and eliminate your daddy issues. Seven points, multiple points for each. But let's break them down. Now we get to the activity. I'm gonna get to maybe four questions, and I'm out your way. How to heal the father wound and eliminate your daddy issues. Number one. You have to reflect on and write out the faithful fathering of the heavenly father. You have to reflect on and write out <clears throat> because it doesn't matter what your dad did or didn't do. Your heavenly father. Yeah. Mommy issues, too. We talked about that maybe 30 minutes ago, how men have mommy issues, too. The mama is trying to compensate for the lack of a dad being there. And she actually hurts that young man. If you're a single mom right now, let's talk to the single moms right now. Utilize the real father there who was the heavenly father. It doesn't matter what the real father is doing. Teach that young man how to fear God. Teach that young man how to communicate with God. Teach that young man how to read his word. Teach that young man to, to, to recognize the voice of God. Teach that young man how to discern the things of God because he's there. He's there. And that means you got to become the, the homes theologian. You got to make sure you teach that young man and, and, and don't bash his dad, but show that there is a real father there because mommy issues <clears throat> creep in <clears throat> to the lives of men based upon a woman trying to overly compensate for the dad that's not there. Either she does one or two things aggressively. Either she goes into aggressive nurture mode or she goes into aggressive trying to be a father mode. Meaning that because there's no dad there, I'm panicking. So I got to nurture little little nuke nuke, little juju, my son, my baby boy. I got to make sure I give him all this love, all this nurturing. You're, you're, you're setting him up for failure. Or you go to aggressive, you go into ag aggressive um, trying to be a dad that he don't get no nurturing from you. 
So everything got to be tough. You punch him in the face. You punch him in the chest. You you spanking that man like you scared he's going to go to prison. The man just ate the cookies too early. Now you're beating the brakes off of him because of misdemeanor incidences. See what I'm saying? Because now you're trying to overcompensate. Well, I can't be nurturing. I got to be overly aggressive, overly uh, uh, whatever, dominant male figure. Now the, now the kid's confused. Sometimes God removes a man out of their life to ensure that man grows up in the things of God. I'm a proven witness. My dad wasn't the, the worst of guys, but he wasn't. He, during my formative years, God made sure a lot of men couldn't get to me because I'm, I would, I would, who knows what I would have been today. That's right. We all need healing. It is fine balance with boy. It's a fine balance. And only the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can bring balance. You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is able to bring balance in any dysfunctional home. He is able to bring balance in any dysfunctional home. But if you get caught up in the flesh, you get caught up in leaning into your own understandings and not acknowledging God that God, I need help. Or I'm embarrassed that I, I, I got kids by this man that's not there. You see what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden, you ain't going to acknowledge God. You ain't going to trust that God can father. You see what I'm saying? Over the cookies. You don't beat the man. The boy just wanted extra cookies. The young man just wanted extra cookies. He just wanted a little morsel. He just wanted a little chocolate chip. And you beat the bricks off that kid. It confuses. Any woman, any mother who doesn't allow the heavenly father to actually father their child, it's a supernatural thing. I look back at my life and God has supernaturally fathered me. Was I perfect? No, but all his rod and his staff, it comforted me. He chastened me. He pruned me. He rebuked me. He held me. He was there when I cried. He was there the whole time. So mommy issues is when a mom tries to overcompensate for the lack of father in the home. Either she becomes overly, overly aggressive or overly nurturing, causing confusion in the child. Hope to help. We'll get to some questions real quick, but we gotta get through these points. How to heal the father womb and eliminate your dad issue? You gotta reflect on and write out the faithful fathering of the heavenly father. Man, sit down and get a sheet of paper and just and just or take some time before you write it down and reflect on how God was there the whole time that He was near you when you was brokenhearted. Because when you begin to reflect on the faithfulness of God. You will build up a rhythm of reaching out to God. You see what I'm saying? You will be able to say what the word of God says. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their trouble. You will be then instead of crying out to your to your through to your friends and crying out to your mama and crying out to whomever who will listen, you will cry out to God because you know that's where your true help comes from. You see what I'm saying? And um, and then when that when that begins to be a habit of yours. You will always find yourself reaching out to because that's what you got to reflect on. God, you was really there the whole time. You turned that molestation around for my good. You turned that, that abuse around for my good. You turned that dysfunction around for my good. You was near with me the whole time. You got to welcome his fathering, though. He cannot father a person who's proud. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to welcome his fathering. Next, under that first point, you got to formulate a fact sheet. Write down the facts of what the word of God says about how God is your heavenly father. Write down the facts of how God was faithful in fathering you. Write down the facts and have an honest fellowship with God. You got to have an honest fellowship, honest fellowship with God, 
honest. You can't have no fake fellowship. People got a bunch of fake fellowships with God. Oh, me and God got a relationship. When was the last time he talked to him? Oh, me and God got a great, but, 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 but you still, but you still walking around like you got some daddy issues. You got to have an honest fellowship with God. What I mean by that is, God, this is how I'm feeling about pops. This is how I'm feeling about mom. This is how I feel about my upbringing. This is how I feel about work today. You got to have an honest fellowship with God. Where you vent to him, that you communicate your frustration, that you cast your cares to him. You got to have that as a part of your repertoire so that you can heal over your daddy's. Like, depending on how deep that wound will determine the duration of the healing. Some of us got some deep, dark stuff that's going to take some time. And that's why you got to have an honest fellowship with the Father. Honest fellowship. I didn't say relationship because relationship is poorly defined. Out here. We're talking about fellowship. We're talking about engaging ship. We're talking about like God, me and you, we in this together. Me, you versus everybody. I'm just joking. Me and you versus the world, God. Got to have an honest fellowship with him. And you got to be honest with yourself and honest with him if you really want to heal from this stuff, yo. Number two, how to heal the father wound and eliminate your daddy issues. Number two, you have to be honest about your relationship with your dad or your father. Vent out your feelings about what happened and you must find time to heal. You have to be honest about your relationship with your father. You got to be honest with it. Honest. That's what you do. That's what I did. Okay, bet. My dad is Nigerian. Nigerians are about that money. Um, Nigerians, this this is, I was honest about my relationship with my dad. Oh, it makes sense. God, oh, okay. If my dad was there, I probably would have been more prone to this, or maybe he would have welcomed alcohol, or maybe he would have welcomed thing into the house that, that would have kind of confused me as you was nurturing me. You have to be honest. Like, really think about it. Why did God remove your dad? Be honest, like have an honest uh, conversation of thinking. Be honest about your relationship with your father and be like, man, listen, like real talk. It makes sense. Even Jesus said it was, uh, even Jesus said, uh, Father, forgive them for they knew not what they was doing. Some of our dads didn't know what they was doing. They was young. They, they had no fathers themselves. You see what I'm saying? So they were just doing the best they knew how or just didn't know how to do it and ran because they was afraid. Or stayed and tried to do their best, but they had their demons, they had their issues. And so when you have an honest understanding about what happened, you will begin to have empathy for him, and then forgiveness will will, 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 uh, will happen. You cannot forgive without empathy. You can't forgive until you feel. <clears throat> you can't forgive until you feel. You can't forgive until you feel it and become honest with it, and then you will have compassion over your dad. No matter what happened, because, oh, that's why he wasn't there. God, that makes sense. God, you were, you did that. You removed him. Or, or God, he stayed there for whatever reason because you was trying to show me something or whatever. No matter what the nuance is about your relationship with your father, God can show you his providential uh, 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 and sovereignty and show you why things happen. And then you go, oh, that makes sense. And then empathy will be there. And then forgiveness will occur. You got to vent out your feelings and find time to heal. You got to vent out your feelings about what happened. Like some of us, we pin things here, but we never write them out. Sometimes you got to see it on paper and then see it against the other paper. The other paper is the word of God. You got to write your feelings on paper and then compare what you wrote on this paper to what God wrote on the papers. That's the canon, which is his word of God. You got to vent it out, get it out your system. Because we got it so pent up, so bold there that is crushing our spirit. And when, you, when your spirit is crushed, your bones become weak.
arthritis, like bone marrow gets dried up. Stuff start happening because you got bitterness inside of you. Bitterness makes bones brittle. You see what I'm saying? And so if you don't get that stuff out of there, you're going to be arthritic. You're going to be crippled. You're going to be aching. You're going to have joint pain because you ain't got that bitterness out. But what you got to do is you got to put it on paper. This is why. And be honest. God don't mind. God, God can take your cuss words. I ain't saying you cuss, but I'm saying if you, that mother, you, whatever you got to do, God can, God can handle however hot that is at your heart. You guys are giving me, I don't, I don't care how hot it is. God, that mother, whatever you get it out, get all those words out, get all that toxicity out, write it on paper and then compare it to the paper, which is the word of God. And then allow the Holy Spirit to, to build a hunger and thirst after God's righteousness, to build a hunger for God's word. And then you will begin to have the faith to forgive and the faith to go forward. Number one, you got to reflect on and write out the faithful fathering of the heavenly father, formulate a fact sheet and have an honest relationship with God. Number two, you got to be honest about your relationship with your father, vent out your feelings about what happened and find time to heal. You got to find time to heal. <clears throat> Address it now <clears throat> because your husband, your, your wife, your children should not have to suffer because you didn't find time to heal. It's crazy how many hurt people are trying to get in holy matrimony. How many hurt people are trying to have kids and not, not knowing that hurt people hurt people? Don't even be looking for no husband. Don't be looking for no wife. If you know you are hurting, you got to find time to heal. Because when you have a full wife and full kids, you, you ain't going to have that much time to heal. Or, or, or the enemy's going to have your life so congested, you ain't going to have time to heal. Number three. You got to find the root father wound or wounds and address the fruit you have allowed to bear due to your father wound and focus on healing. Now, what does that mean? You got to find the root wound. What happens is many of us, we don't even know we have a father wound. We don't even know we have a mama wound or whatever. We don't, we don't know we have those things because we've been treating symptoms all the time. We never treat, we never treated the source wound. We never got to the real reason why you're bitter. We never got to the real reason why you got anger problems. We never got to the real reason on why you're controlling, you're responsible, the real reasons why you can't control your tongue, all that, the real reason. You got to get down to the real root father wound or mother wound. And, and you got to get to the root because if you try, well, let me just focus on these branches. Nah, you got to get to the root. <clears throat> Why am I the way I am? And you got to address the fruits that you have allowed to bear due to your father, father, meaning that, well, I'm bearing the fruit of controlling. I'm bearing the fruit of hyper emotion. I'm bearing the fruit of irresponsibility. I'm bearing these fruits, but I'm not dealing with them. So what happens is we make excuses for the fruits we bear because of our father wound, because our dad did what he did. My dad did whatever, whatever. I now have validation. Or I have excuses on why I can continue to execute in a negative way. No, no, no. You got to know. No, let me find this root wound. Was it when I was six and my dad did this? Was it when I was 14 when my dad did that? <clears throat> what incident was the first wound caused? Because the first wound is the root wound because the devil loves to 
um, give validation to why we were wounded so that we'll never forgive the one that wounded us. Because was he not wounded for our transgression? Was he not bruised for our iniquity? Was not the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed? Was he not? See, so the way, oh, I'm getting to the gospel message now. The way our wounds are healed is to recognize the wounds on our on the Christ on the cross, that he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. And that we are healed by his stripes. He was wounded so our wounds can heal. But if you don't recognize the wounded, no, I ain't going to say the wounded Savior because he's not wounded now. He ain't wounded now. <laughs> he's seated at the right hand of the Father right now. But if we don't recognize the event that occurred and the, and the power that comes from that, we don't continue to make excuses on why we hurt. Mm -mm. There is no excuses on why these signs should be in your life right now because the Christ was wounded for you. So it don't matter. You, if you keep making excuses for this, you just don't want to be healed. If you want to continue, that's on you. We're just talking to the people that want to be healed. And you got to focus on healing. No, nope, I'm going to focus on healing. I'm going to be intentional in healing because I don't want to wound my husband. I don't want to wound my wife. Sometimes I don't want to wound my children. I'm going to focus on healing. If I make a mistake, I'm going to repent from that. Holy Spirit, show me the areas in my mind that is not rightly renewed in that area so that I can continue to do, so I can so I can go forward in how I'm supposed to do this. You got to say, Holy Spirit, no, no, no. I may, don't make an excuse yelling at your kids, yelling at your husband, yelling at your wife slapping folks and stuff and they want me no no make an excuse no 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 i was wrong i'm wrong for this and i'm gonna focus on healing but how can you focus on healing when you don't know the root of your pain yeah i know we all we're gonna get healed today Number four, you got to examine your feelings and replace your bad feelings with better ones by changing how you think about what happened or didn't happen with your father you got to put your feelings on paper and examine them. <clears throat> okay, that, that ain't that ain't that ain't godly. That ain't how God wants me to feel. The Bible goes, Jesus went deeper. He says, man, um, uh, any man who harbors hate in his heart has the ingredients of murder in his heart. When a man looks at a woman with lust in his heart, he's already committed adultery. God doesn't care about your actions. He cares about suppressed feelings as well. He cares about suppressed thoughts as well. So you got to examine your feelings because you have the ingredients of murdering you. You have the ingredients of adultery in you. You have the ingredients of, of, of all these negative things inside of you. If you do not vent, if you do not examine your feelings, examine your heart. God can care less if you ain't never slapped a woman. He don't care. He can care less if you never exhibited actions that are damnable. Oh, I can't believe you did that. No, he cares about the suppressed feelings, the suppressed feelings that, that may not come through your hands, but comes through your lips, comes through your tone, comes through your eyes, comes through, through your negligence, that comes through your irresponsibility. You got to examine your feelings and replace your bad feelings with better ones, godly ones, thinking on things that are above. Think on things that appear just lovely of good report by changing how you think about what happened and, and or didn't happen. Your past was meant to be a reference point, not a place of residence. The reason why many of us have residual, have negative residual things in life right now, because we made our past hurt our residence. We live at, we live at verbal abuse, 1507 verbal abuse. We live at 1706 molested lane. We live at 4796 rape Avenue. We live at 4305 resentment drive. We live at 4936 
uh, beaten, bruised boulevard. You can't live there. You can refer back to there and show your scars and show how you've been healed. The validation that Thomas needed to be to, to, to the validation that Thomas needed to go from doubting Thomas to this to, to uh, uh, destined Thomas is that he needed to see the wounds of Jesus or the scars. I don't even want to call them wounds, scars. So what happens is, yes, I got these scars, but these are no longer wounds. What happens is we keep showing our wounds, patty caking with people. We all, uh, pity loves, pity loves company, misery loves company. Look at my wounds. We talk about our wounds. No, no, no. Let's show the world our scars. There was once a wound there, but because of Christ, there's nothing but a scar there as a remembrance that why do you think that when they went from city to city, they, they built monuments to let people know God was here. God brought us out. God did this. So you got to show the scars and let the world know that you're healed. If it, showing wounds means that, that, that you're not healed, that you're not willing to be healed. Showing scars meaning that you are healed. <laughs> Hope that made sense. Number five, you have to create fruitful boundaries and fruitful fellowships if you want to heal from your daddy issues. You have to create fruitful boundaries and fruitful fellowships. Now, what does that mean? Fruitful boundaries. All right. If your dad is still abusive, you love him, but you love him at a distance. You see what I'm saying? You create fruitful boundaries. You 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 say, you know what? Now that I'm being healed and focused on my healing, I'm not I'm not dating. I'm not opening myself up. I'm closed. Uh, fruitful boundary is, you know what? I'm not going to pursue a woman until I'm healed. I'm not going to pursue a woman until God shows that I'm healed. Fruitful boundary is that I'm going to submit myself to this man or woman of God that God submits me to. Fruitful boundaries and fruitful fellowships. You cannot surround yourself with people who are got daddy issues too and expect yourself to be healed from them. Number six, you got to find your why and figure out how you could use what happened to you to help someone else. <clears throat> You got to find your why. You got to find and figure out a way that you can use what you've been through to help another young girl become free in that area, to help another young man to become free in that area. And like for me, being in, being in, in, in family members' life who didn't have, who doesn't have their father currently, being in their lives, like now I can now I can be the replacement that God wants me to be. You see what I'm saying? I can now be that uncle. Now I can be that brother. Now I can be that coach. Now I can be that person. That can help people. That's what I'm doing now. I'm creating a video helping people with daddies because I experienced it and God has completely healed me from me and my dad are great now. I love the man because God helped me make sense of it all. You see what I'm saying? God's not going to try to make you make sense from it all where people try to make money off of their pain and they're not even healed from it. No, he wants us to make sense from it all. Money may come. You might write books and stuff like that, but people try to get this fake healing so they try to make money from it. No, no, but you're still bleeding all over the congregation. That's why I tell a preacher, don't preach hurt. If you significantly wounded by somebody, sit down. People don't need you bleeding all everybody. All, all of, all everybody. See what I'm saying? But you got to find your why and figure out how you can use what happened to you or didn't happen to you to help someone else who's going through it. Number seven, last but not least, and I have some time, maybe two or three questions. You got to forgive your father and go forward. Track your forgiveness and your fruit. You got to forgive your pops, man. 
you ain't gonna be able to you ain't gonna be able to flourish in this life if you ain't forgiven your dad, if you ain't forgiven your mom, you ain't forgiven what happened during your formative years. Now, the activity, go to my website. I'm about to put it in here right now for you to download the worksheet so you guys and gals will be able to process your daddy issues and, and, and we can get healed from it all. Free worksheet for you. I'm about to get into my worksheet bag again. Um, when God drops his message in my heart, I'm going to try to give you extra resource. I just don't want to just give you just a video. I want to make sure I give you um, video and uh, something to take home so you can download that in PDF form or Word form. But I have some questions for you. It's three pages. Three pages of activity, okay? Number one, I want you, there's the first question is, describe your relationship with your father. Just take some time to describe it. You can get a notebook if the space is not big enough for you. Describe your relationship with your father. And for those whose father is dead and you're not able to get closure, a lot of children are looking for closure. God must be your closure. The omniscient one must be your closure. Pops could be dead. Pops could be missing. Pops, you might not even know who your dad is. And now you're just looking for your dad. Now, now you'll look for your father. Your father's right there, the heavenly father. And sometimes you just got to allow the Holy Spirit. You got you to allow the heavenly father to be your closure. God, I trust you. So I'm closing this chapter. I trust it in your timing. You will make everything new. You'll bring everything into uh, to a conclusion. But God, you're my closure. That's how you heal from a lot of things. Because what happens is we hurt ourselves trying to find closure. So what happened is, well, I'm going to reach out to my dad and your dad ain't ready to be reached out to. And then what he says on that phone call, it damages you even more. Sometimes you got to be Holy Spirit. What should I do? Chill. Holy Spirit going to be like, chill. Don't worry about it. And that'll be your closure. Let the omniscient one, the all-knowing one be your closure. Let's keep going. Next, next question, was your father absent or was your father present, but you had an abnormal relationship with him, absent or abnormal? Circle the one that applies. How severe is your father wound? Be honest. One being the least, 10 being the highest. Not so, I'm not so wounded, but it's still a wound. It was it was a, a paper cut, but paper cuts hurt too. You know what I'm saying? Or it was severe. It was a gash wound, scale one to 10. Next question, what father wounds do you have and what effect have they had on you or have on you now? Write down your wounds. Write down the past effects and write down the present effects to help you process that. The next question is, a lot of questions, signs and symptoms of dad issues. Check the boxes beside the ones that apply to you. There's a side for men. There's a side for women. The side for men is the, all the ones that I talked about, unaffectionate or overly affectionate, unconcerned, deeply insecure, anger issues, controlling, irresponsible, very closed off, etc. Women, deep trust issues, dates, older men, low self-esteem. There's a little box on the side that I want you to check. Check the ones that apply to you. Next question I want you to write down, why should you heal from your daddy issues? Why should you? Sometimes you got to have a, a bigger why than your bigger what. Sometimes we got bigger what's than we do bigger why's. So our bigger what says the what, what happened to us is so big that we can't even see a why, but you have to make your why bigger than your what. Next box, how does your father wounds affect those around you? That will help you change. If, if How will my wife feel if, if she has to deal with a man with daddy issues? If she had to deal with the man who has abandonment issues, they're always going to ask, are you leaving? Are you going? Are you going to leave me? That's that's. She's like, I'm not going nowhere. But she shouldn't have to suffer for my daddy issue. What will help you is allowing the Holy Spirit to show you, yo, this is what this is how this is affecting my sons, my daughters. This has affected my husband. This has affected my wife. This has affected my ministry. This has affected my, my job. This has affected my workplace. This has affected my career. Next box, how could what happened to you be used to help others? 
That's self-explanatory. Next box, how's your relationship with God? One to 10. Next box, in what ways has your father affect your view of God in a negative way? Just be honest. Next point, how has God fathered you despite your father wounding you? Think back and be like, oh, God was there the whole time. Next point, have you forgiven your dad? Yes or no? And that box, why not if you have it? If you check no. What does it mean for the man that dates young women? Is he is that normal? Nah, he just wants some toys. And now, now it ain't nothing wrong. Now, let me I'm talking about significant younger. Like he's 47 and he wants a 21-year-old. What's a 20? <laughs> I'll get to your questions pretty soon. <laughs> Give me one second. Forgive next box. Forgiveness and fruit tracker. Write down all your wounds below and beside each incident or wound, write down whether you have forgiven him for that specific incident or no, and write down the date you did forgive. So I want to I want you to write down all the stuff that your dad did to you that wounded you. And I want you to write in the next box, have you forgiven him from that? Yes or no? If you put no, then give it to God, vent to God, do what we talked about, and then write the date that you forgave him. Next box, what signs or symptoms would you like to see eliminated and what fruit do you want to have in place of that symptom? Also write down a date you acknowledge your symptom and the date you began to see fruit in your life. I want you to write down the signs from the first list that are in your life as a daddy issue. And I want you to write down the fruit that you want to have in your life. I want to be more responsible. I want to have control over my words. I want to whatever. Write the new fruit that you want and do some and do some homework in the word of God. And, you know, the basic fruit, the basic, basic spiritual disciplines. I want you to write down a date that you acknowledge it so you can be like, I remember that date. God really dealt with me and I and I see my issue. And then I want you to write the date you began to see the fruit in your life. Now, that's all the questions there. <clears throat> that worksheet's available on my website, iamunplugged.com forward slash worksheets. Um, I'll start with Monique's questions. Go ahead and get your questions. I'm not going to scroll up. So if you if, get copy and paste your question, post it down below. I got about maybe 10 to 12 minutes to answer your questions. And then I'm going to get off here because I've been going for a long time. Uh, what does it mean for the man that dates young women? Is that normal? He's he If he marries someone younger, eight years younger. There's a lot of psychological reasons why a man may do that. And it, and it depends on the spectrum. If he's 28 and she's, you know, 21, if he's 47 and she's 35, um, depends. A lot of men go through midlife crises, right? What happens with midlife crisis, men and women go through this. Midlife and men, menstrual, not menstrual, but um, uh, just different crises, 41 and 34. Oh, well, that's not that bad. But let me give you some explanation. <clears throat> when a man goes through a midlife crisis, he begins to look for new toys. You, be, you see when men, they try to buy a new car. They're looking for validation. They're like, oh, shoot, I'm 35 and I have no meaning in life. You see what I'm saying? I'm 41. I have no meaning in life. I went down this road. I thought this road would give me meaning for life. Then I realized this life didn't give me no meaning. So now I'm going to go for new toys. So what happens is they start buying cars. They start, uh, well, I don't want my wife no more because I want a, a sexier girl. I want, I want, that's what a lot of men, they, they leave the, the wife that helped build, <clears throat> the wife that helped him uh, become the man he is. He leaves her because he's going, he's either caught in pride, he's going through midlife crisis. So what he does is he starts looks for a little nicer toys. And what happens is if he, he wants to marry something younger, because tip, sometimes they feel that younger women, he can he thought he can manipulate and control. Typically, people go uh, younger, real young, because they're probably still figuring themselves out. And a man's like, oh, I can manipulate her and she could be my sex kitten, my sex toy or whatever. And I can just kind of manipulate or whatever. 
But 41 and 34, she should be grown enough to recognize or whatever. But that's that's 41 and 34 is not that bad because she's 34, he's 41. I don't really see that big of a difference there. But if it was like a significant difference, then I then I can see that. Every time I wake up, oh, we got questions now. All right, cool. Oh, let me scroll up. Divine 15 says, hey, coach, my mom keeps having demonic attacks in her dreams, nightmares, and she wakes up screaming as if she is being attacked in the real world. What's the best thing to do for her? Plus, every time I wake her up, she yells at me in a different tone. That's not her. I know that it's not my mom's voice. I really want to help her. She has a long history of nightmares. Uh, she's demonically oppressed, maybe demonically possessed, depending on her salvation. <clears throat> she saves not, but she's demonically oppressed. Now, she has to go. Uh, what you got to do to help her is to be a prayer partner. Uh, partner with God through prayer uh, and standing in the gap for by saying things like this. Heavenly Father, I, I, I know you are a healer. I know you're a deliverer. I praise you now knowing that you will make a way for my mom to be delivered. And then you start when the Holy Spirit start in your prayer time, when God places her on your heart, the Holy Spirit places her on your heart. The Holy Spirit will begin to show you root demons in her life, demons that are oppressing her. Then you will be able to, not in her face, but in your prayer time, call out those de oppressive demons, call them out by name. I loose you now from my mom. The, uh, you start begin to uh, uh, break their uh, uh, um, hold off of their life, but do that when you're prompted because it means you have to power them. I never tell people to do that and they don't understand demonology, that demons will come slap you in the face because you think you got the faith for it, but you just, you just frail. You do that. Until you build yourself on your most holy faith, you praise the power of God working in your mom's life until the Holy Spirit puts her 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 in your heart and you begin to pray in the spirit. Praying in tongues is praying in unknown language. Praying in spirit is praying in your native tongue. But you you these words are coming out pretty fast, they're coming out pretty specific. That means Holy Spirit utilizing your 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 words, your authority in this realm to execute a spiritual assignment, right? So that's just what I'm saying. So until you have built yourself in your most holy faith, uh uh, ask, uh, continue to petition God and praise God and believe that God will bring her salvation. You make sure you look her in the eye and do not allow those demons to cause you to become um, offended. Because what happens is when you begin to pray for her privately, they start becoming a little bit more nastier in public. She starts, she's gonna, she gonna start calling you. She's gonna be start talking to you real crazy. So I'm giving you game right now. If you begin to see that she's getting more mean, that means your prayers are working. So that means you should smile more. Because you have power over the enemy. When you start seeing people that you're in this for anybody, when you begin to see the people that you're praying for getting more mean, getting more pushy or whatever, that means your prayers are working. The demons are trying to get you into a state of offense so that you will be too hard hearted to stand in the continue to stand in the gap for her. So until you are built up, until you're led by the spirit to operate in a higher level of, 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 of warfare, continue to petition God and praise God for the deliverance of your mother and be and be willing and available for the Holy Spirit to help you pray in the spirit to target her and those demons in her life privately and, and continue to be kind and loving to her and look her in the eyes. Typically, if, if you what you look at a person's eye and you can't see them, and what I mean by that, the eyes went into the soul. If you can look in her eye but cannot see her, that's a demon there. So what you do is you defeat that devil through kindness. And 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 now this and, and you just continue on with that. Hope that helped. Andrew says, Thank you. Uh oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. There's a guy at my job I keep push. Oh, I'm promiscuous sometimes. I have daddy issues, but I have no friends and I live alone. My only true friend, and that's what happens. I'm gonna do a video called Accepted Isolation for Single People. 
um, for other people too. Accept it, isolation. You have to accept God isolating you. And when you accept it, then you will see God es- uh, elevate you because he can steward you with himself. If you, if you can't, if you can't, if you cannot appreciate God alone, you ain't going to be able to recognize and pull on God everywhere else. So for you to answer your question is you have to deal with that, that issue and really look at yourself and say, why am I uh, promiscuous? Why am I flaunting myself to, to a man? What I need you to do, I want you to get a sheet of paper and I want you to write down um, everything that makes you unique. Everything that makes you beautiful, even if your fingers start shaking because you don't you don't really believe it. But I want you to write down how God made you unique and wonderful. And I want you to write that list down, type it out and frame it so that you can always have a reminder of who you are in Christ and the value of who you are to him. And when you begin to understand who you are to God and how valued you are to him, then it doesn't matter how your father may have been used to try to devalue the value in your own mind. You'll begin to see the value in God's mind towards you. And then that in your value will begin to increase, not increase, but your value will become made clear to you that you was priceless the whole time. And then what you'll do is instead of flaunting yourself, and also what I want you to write down, I want you to write down why you're flaunting yourself. Write down all the dark stuff that you think about yourself. And I want you to get contradictory scriptures to go against it. So I want you to write down everything that makes you beautiful, amazing, and fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to write down all the contradictory things against that list. And I want you to write down all the scriptures that contradict the list that's contradicting the list that you who you are. Hope that helped. Check it back at the minute and 48 marker, <laughs> hour and 48 minute marker for, 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 for what I just said. God is isolating you right now so that he can deal with that father issue. Hope they helped you. I just got through. Okay, we go, we going, still going. I just got through a breakup and I love being in God's presence, but I keep flirting with guys. I can't stop. You can't stop. You got to change that. You got to change that verbiage. If you keep saying you can't stop, you won't stop. But if you, if you believe you can stop, you will stop. So what you do is you got to you got to see there's differences and I'm going to do another video talking about the difference between killing your flesh something different between it's just your flesh or as a devil. Most people would be like, "Oh, that's a devil affecting me." No, nah, you just don't got no discipline over your flesh. You see what I'm saying? So what you got to do, you got to exercise self-control. You got to exercise self-control. You got to say, "You know what? I will not flirt." And if you do make a mistake, you assess, recalibrate, and next time you say, "Nope." This is how I'm going to carry myself. You got to write down how you plan on carrying yourself going forward and carry yourself accordingly. If you keep saying you can't stop flirting with guys, you're giving license to devils to make sure you can't stop flirting with them. And you do have power over yourself. We just got to intentionally exercise the self-control that can only come through the Holy Spirit. But Tina says, is being molested a part of a daddy? Yep. Anything that happens during your formidable years, whether it's molestation, verbal, mentally, oh, I should say all these different things, molestation, verbal, emotional abuse, abnormal use is when you're not being used properly or used normally. There's nothing wrong with being used, but it's something wrong with being abused or abnormally used. Abuse is two words, ab use, abnormal use, right? So molestation is abnormal use of uh, abnormal use of a child is, is abuse. Is being molested a part of that issues? I was molested while 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 my dad wasn't around but i don't blame him can that be a part of uh, uh, but if if it's not a if, the molestation could be the part 
Because if you're not blaming your dad for it, then it may not be a daddy issue. Now it just may be that individual issue, that person that molested you. Now you got to forgive that individual. You see what I'm saying? But if you're not blaming your dad because God helped you make sense of that, or you made sense of that and it's made clear to you, then you have an issue with that individual that molested you. And that's when you got to deal with that individual and, and the effects of molestation. And we're going to talk about, I got a lot of videos that I, I need to do on discernment, about sexual abuse, about all these different things. And I'm going to get to that. But in the meantime, you deal with the person that calls the sin against you. You're so welcome, Divine 15. Next question. The father of my son abused me mentally and physically. We got away. We got away and I'm healing. My son has similar ways and looks like his dad. How do I have, how do I not have feelings of resentment when I look at my father, at, at my son? Number one, I make sure I read this, break it down. The father of my son abused me mentally and physically. All right. The mental abuse, you have to, you have to, you have to, um, you have to go against the mental abuse by the word of God. I know the Bible says the word of God says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? In order to have faith to go beyond, to faith to live and see yourself living beyond the abuse that you have been a subject under, you have to intentionally reverse that thinking. See, thinking is your responsibility. Thinking is your responsibility. Your mental health is your responsibility. You can control your mind. And so, but but there's a lot of things in our world that you have to uh, be careful of, like chemicals in foods, chemicals in sodas, uh, uh, chemicals in the air, all these different things around us that affects our minds, making us believe that we're mentally ill, that, that contributes to mental illness, right? So what happens is the Holy Spirit will begin. That's what you, what you do first is, Holy Spirit, I really want to be healed. Show me any and everything that could be in conflict of that healing. And what you do then, and you open yourself up and you just go about your day and the Holy Spirit begin to show you, don't drink that soda anymore. Take that. Don't chew that kind of gum anymore. He'll start removing the, the external things that contributes to mental cloudiness, uh, confusion, etc. And then you will begin to fast from those different things, remove those different things, and then begin to have clarity to be able to be sensitive to hear going forward. Now, let's go a little bit deeper. My son has similar ways and looks like his dad. You, you, you can't change that. So since you cannot change that, you got to change the way you see that. Because if you don't change the way you see that, then you're going to you're going to mother him inappropriately. You're going to you're going to look at your son. He's going to do something because that's his dad. You see what I'm saying? He that got his dad's DNA. He got his dad in him. But in the mean, but at the same time, when you welcome the fathering of, of the Holy Spirit into the child's life and you and you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into the right church, the right community, the right fellowship, then God in his sovereignty at the right time can bring other men into his life to help kind of guide that other area. But you have to welcome the Father and the Holy Spirit and, 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 and heal by changing the way you see your son and so and know that your son and your husband your son and the son's father are two totally different people and you got every time you feel those feelings i want you to get a journal and i want you to write down on this day i had this feeling about my son and i want you to assess their feelings and say you know what i need to reverse these feelings then what you do right up on that feeling you write something positive about your son my son is going to be a man of God. My son will, will do amazing things. He's blessed going out. But I want you to, every time you have a negative feel, I want you to write it down because sometimes when you leave your feelings up here or in here, 
it's hard to deal with them. But you, when you write them down and then you intentionally write something in contradiction of that thing that's, that was felt, then you begin to see or then you begin to see the options that you can go into to overcome that. You see what I'm saying? So now you got to look at your son intentionally, not emotionally. Intentionally mean, no, I will see him as a child of God. I will see him in who he is. And I'm going to welcome the Holy Spirit to help father my son with me and trust that God will bring the man into his life to help uh, guide him, etc. But you have to change the way you see that. It don't matter what he's doing like his dad. Now, the stuff that he's doing like his dad is bad. Now, you got you can't spare the rod. You see what I'm saying? You know, I'm old school. Spare the rod, spoil the child. If he's older, then whoopings might not work. But you got to you just got to continue to be uh, and communicate why you're doing the things that he's doing. Communicate what I plan on doing my children, letting them know in an early age that, yo, you, you have a sin nature. Sin nature. The more you make a child aware of 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 who they are through Adam, you will let it will help them see their need of the second Adam. If you can help a child see what he has as his default or her default setting because of the first Adam, you will set that child up to recognize his need for the second Adam. Well, I am preaching on today. Hope that helped you. Got time for two more and I got to go, y'all. Newton says, I have been feeling rejected by people in my life. This has made me fall back into cutting myself I could use prayer, please. Of course, I'll pray for you right now. There ain't nothing, ain't nothing prayer can't fix. You gotta look at the rejection differently, though. I can I can pray for you, but I gotta I gotta I gotta help I gotta help you think differently at, in the meantime. It's, it's no good to uh give a person a fish if you don't teach that person how to fish, all right? So I can I can heal, I can pray God's healing, but if I don't teach you how to self-heal and how to steward that healing, you're going to fall right back. And so let me help you with this. People are flawed, fickle, and fake. Okay. People are going to reject you because they're flawed. They're going to reject you because of their own feeling. They're going to reject you because of whatever. The day you get over people, you will be able to be yourself. Because if you if you if your values based upon the actions of people towards you, then you're gonna be you're gonna operate poorly towards yourself. Because all it takes is that person to not look at you, towards you or help you or say the wrong thing, and now you back in an emotional state, right? So what you have to do, you got to change the way you see people. That people are flawed, but the person who's not flawed is God. What helped me not? Because I had two moments in my life where I was very suicidal and depressed, right? But what God did was show me himself like, Josh, yo, I'm here. Them people can leave and abandon you, but I never did. And right now I ain't have depressive suicidal. I had no suicidal thoughts since 20, 24, 25 years old, maybe 27, 20, nope, 27. I ain't had one since then because God was like, yo, I'm here. People going to reject you, but God will never reject you. So you got to change the way. What I need for you to do is get a sheet of paper. I want you to write down every person that rejected you. And I want you to write down the rejection. And I want you to look at the rejection and see how could how could that rejection be my protection? How could God have used that rejection for my protection? Examine the character of these people. Look at, look at the character of these people and then compare to the character you're trying to develop. And then you'll begin to see the reason why the rejection was there in the first place in God's sovereign providential nature. And then you'll be like, oh, when people reject you, people can have their own valid reason why they reject you. But know for a fact that God, we still got a, we still got business to get to. God's like, I ain't reject you. Let's pray for our brother or sister. Father, I pray over my brother or sister right now who's going through suicidal depression. 
I thank you, Father God, your goodness and your love will draw him to you, to yourself. And I pray that your healing power will, will grip him or her, helping them to understand they're valuing you. With that being said, through the authority that's been given to me, I come against every demonic spirit of suicide, every demonic spirit of, of rejection that's in my brother's sister's life. I command you right now through the authority of Jesus Christ to loose them now and let them go and not to return. And Heavenly Father, with that being said, because I know my power, I know the power through you is there. So I already know it's done. I believe right now, Father, you will bring him or her the support system that they need to be able to operate in the place they need to be. And they'll never revert back to this in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to write today's date down. I want you to do the activity. I want you to remember this day as a monument that God is who he said he was in your life. Last one. I got to go. Last one. I got to go. Ms. Randall says, I thought I forgave my dad, but the more I grow, the more I realize I still resent him for what he lacks. Because of him, I can't shake this longing for someone. He tries, but it's still not. It's still not enough. No, no man can be enough. So you have to change the way you look at the word enough. Um, because it doesn't matter. Because if you put the healing in his hands, you're only going to hurt yourself even more. God is the one that's enough. So what happens is the more you grow into maturity, the more you begin to realize I do got daddy. There's some people who got silent daddy issues because they're not allowing themselves to grow into an awareness they do have it. So for your situation, you have to look at and realize your dad is incapable of healing you. God is the only one that is enough to heal the stuff. God is the only one enough to heal the stuff. Your dad can't do it. So what you got to do, you got to stop shaking it. Shaking what shaking the you got to shake the idea that if if only he calls or because then you're going to be waiting for something that may never happen. Do you know how many people are waiting for people to do things that God knows they're never going to do? And the devil wants to trap you in that mindset of 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 of, uh, but maybe they will. But what if they don't? And if they don't, you're going to find yourself still in a dark place. So what you got to do is you got to let that go and be like, God is enough for what I'm going through right now. And I cannot put it in the hands of a flawed person who is incapable of being enough for the stuff they did to me. Hope to help. You got to deal with that resentment. These activities will help you. Love y'all, but I got to go. I've been going for two hours. But it's a serious issue that I think is, is needed uh, for all of us to do what we need to do and grow for we got to grow. I'm going to pray for all of y'all and let this video be a place that you can revert back to and be able to process. And I pray that, it's, that it, there was a blessing to you. I will read through the comments some more and see if I need to do some more um, parts to this. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being near to our broken hearts, to being near to our crushed spirits. I thank you, Father God, that you are enough for all the stuff that we have gone through enough for the fatherly wounds that I was caused by our fathers or the lack thereof. I thank you father God for your divine healing that's evident right now. It's tangible. It's available. It's accessible because of what your son did for us. I turn my attention to every demonic spirit that's gripping my brother and sister. I command to loose them. Now they will be healed. They will be set free. Their freedom is beginning now. I loose you from any tormenting thoughts against them. I command you to be on at bay and, 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 and listen to the Holy Spirit and how and what he wants you to do. And that's to leave this person's life. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the authority. 
and I thank the Lord for the manifestation of this authority so they'll know that on uh, November the 20th, they were set free divinely. We love you. We thank you, Father. And we appreciate this time. Just need to pray. Amen. Thank y'all so much. I pray these videos was a blessing. Um, you go to my website right now for all other resources. I am unplugged.com. I have a lot of books. I have uh, my books here. We got the purpose of singleness. If you're single and you don't need to know the, no matter who you are, um, you got to find the purpose of your singleness so you could be who you need to be and whatever partnership that God placed you. This book right here will help you with soul ties, the purpose of freedom. If you got soul ties, this book will help you. Um, I got this other book, Dating Prep. These are and the card game that goes with this is very important. The card game goes with this book to help you see if your significant other or the person you're dating got daddy issues and that you'll be able to say, you know what? We need to take our time. So every question that is inside that's on the card game is in this book. And there's activities for you to ask um, to help them to help you process uh, whether that person should be, whether you should be with that person or not, or if you're ready to be with that person. If you got spiritual warfare in your life, this book here is called World War Me. It talks about how to put on the whole armor of God and what and the importance of each one. And my book Unplug here is just the first book I ever wrote. The top top things or so that you need to unplug from. All those books are available on my website or on Amazon. And the card games, my card game memory muscle, uh, helping you uh, uh, memorize scripture and actually apply scripture in various situations. A fun way to memorize scripture. And my card game dating prep that goes with the book asking questions depending on the stage where you are in a relationship. Uh, two courses online. If you want to give and support, all the links in the description box below. Um, you can give to help support what I do on this channel. You can give to support our mentoring program, Propel. You can learn more about our, our mentoring program at, at on Instagram, Propel CLT, or simply go to our website and look, look up under mentoring and you'll be able to see all the stuff we've done in the last three years. Our mentoring program starts in February. We need support, need help. So we're going to the middle school because now we got three grades in middle school now from our program. So we got our fourth, fourth, uh, fourth year, which is our fifth graders, fourth and fifth graders. Now we got sixth, seventh, and eighth graders from our program in middle school and they want us there, but we need your help. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. T-shirts up under the videos. We got merch T-shirts there. I'm worth the weight shirts. I follow. I lead. Um, be you to the full. Uh, infatuation is blind. Not love. Love is love is not blind. Infatuation is all those good shirts there. All many ways for you to be a part of this movement here. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. And know that your father, your real father, your good father is there. And listen, there's a lot of people right now um, who had great fathers. But make sure you don't idolize your father to the point to where um, you can't even be a proper wife or a proper husband because now your father is involved in your relationship and controlling and all that situation. But love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.